Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by host uh, Jeff Brown and co-hosts Jeff Brown and Dave Fillion, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Uh, let's get into the announcements. Uh, first of all, our friends in Italy suffered a tragic earthquake. The residents of Louisiana have suffered a terrible flooding, and the residents of Kokomo this past week endured a reported eight tornadoes in their, er- their area with devastating damage. Let's observe a moment of silence for each of these groups as they endure their respective tragedies. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Second announcement, there is a GoFundMe page for Brian Nunnally's now fatherless children still pinned at the top of the Working for a Living page. And we urge folks to go there and to um, Click it, you know. Click over and and uh, donate to those uh, now fatherless children. Brian was murdered in the Ford parking lot, uh, one of the Ford parking lots uh, plant, uh, as he was walking out. Uh, so they're, you know, they're fatherless now. It's kind of sad. So give it, give a minute of your time and and take care of that, if you would please. Uh, third announcement: the Honeywell workers remain locked out of their plant by management. Again, there's still no strategy forthcoming from Solidarity House in dealing with this rogue corporation, and uh, they do have uh, the unemployment benefits, uh, as we reported several weeks ago, uh, that uh, governor that's running for vice president of the United States on the Republican side thought it would be a good idea to get them their benefits, evidently. Uh, Our fourth announcement, remember to participate in the Working for a Living write-in campaign to oppose the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Those forms are available on the page, Working for a Living Facebook page. Uh, Fifth announcement, on Labor Day weekend, the 25 executive officers of Unifor will be elected at their convention. We wish them well as they try and uh, select the very best people for their union in Canada. It's a nationwide union there. Uh, Number six, uh, last week, UAW President Williams and FCA CEO Marcione announced that the Jeep Wrangler will be assembled at the Sterling Heights, Michigan plant. Of course, it was previously assembled at the Toledo, Ohio plant. I would remind the listeners that the Toledo members voted 87% against the ratification of the 2015 agreement. You read into that what you will. But we sure sure, um, wish the brothers and sisters at Sterling Heights good as they uh, get this new work. And we hope that there's new work coming into Toledo. We'll we'll see as that comes along. Uh, As a reminder, uh, this Working for a Living radio show is now syndicated as a podcast on Stitcher.com, and soon uh, we expect to be on iTunes. Our eighth and last announcement this week is in uh, in observance of Labor Day and in honor of all the blood, sweat, and tears that have been shed over the centuries to attain the gains that some still enjoy 
Working for a Living radio show will not be broadcast next Sunday, September 4th. Everybody enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Okay, let's get to email. We just had one uh, last week's show. had a lot of static, but I really enjoyed all the topics. That's from Stacy in Chicago. Uh, Stacy, we did see a lot of static or listened to a lot of static. We didn't hear it while we were on the air or we would have tried to adjust something here. Uh, we believe that was with uh, uh, the blog talk radio portion of the the uh, the whole electronic system here that, that works this uh, this show. So uh, hopefully they've gotten that corrected, and the podcasts will not have that static in them uh, late, later on. So uh, as this one's broadcast throughout the week, so uh, we believe we've got that corrected. So thanks for writing in, though. Um, uh, next up is uh, this week in worker news, and I think. Uh, Jeff Brown is with us. I'll bring Jeff on. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Good, Leroy. How are you? I'm good. Real good. Let me bring David on as well. He's in the wings. We'll bring David on. Say, uh, hi, David. David Fillion, how are you doing? Good, Leroy. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. Jeff's here already. You probably heard, so I might want to say hi to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How you doing, Dave? Good. 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 Well, everybody's doing okay tonight. It's kind of a nice evening here in Michigan. It's sunny, and uh, everybody's you know kind of laid back this this Sunday. Uh, I was doing a lot of a lot of writing all all afternoon, so not much laid laid back in my my office here. But uh, I did get out for a minute and a half uh, and enjoyed this nice weather. Uh, not long, but. Uh, and I uh, understand that uh, Dave actually had a tree fall over his place. They just fell right off the doggone tree, tree limb. That happened, David? Yeah, that's all cut up now. <laughs> oh, you, you took care of it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the portion that happened. was a, yeah. I'm glad I wasn't mowing the lawn when that came out. Yeah, or, I'll, yeah. you know, I mean, you think about the kids might have been out playing, you know, little grandkids or something like that. I'm just glad that. That uh, that didn't happen. So, yeah, that, that was an interesting thing. Yeah. So, uh, well, Jeff has a, a pretty interesting report on uh, uh, workplace injuries and some surrounding uh, in, uh, additional information that he's got for that. So, Jeff, you want to uh, talk about workplace injuries and your take on that this week, please? Yeah, um, this has been something that I've been uh, writing about the last few years. Um, we, as auto workers, uh, we deserve the right to go home in the same condition as when we walk into the plant at the beginning of the shift. Um, that's our goal. But unfortunately, because of the type of work we do, People do get injured, and uh, unfortunately, some may have to have surgeries. Some may have um, um, be placed in other areas. Problems are work-related, and the bad news is, when these people get injured, 
and placed in another area. They get harassed a lot by the coworkers that pet they're newly assigned to. And to me, that's unacceptable. Um, people didn't get asked to be hurt, unfortunately. But still, the, the people that they work with will talk about their injuries, and, and they're not supposed to know the person's medical condition. In my plant, as a rep, I was probably the only rep in our in our plant to support injured workers. I have heard other union reps yelling, complaining inside the office that they don't want medical people in their area. Um, I have a good friend of mine who I've known for over 30 years. She's works at the plant, and she was injured and then medically placed. In one month, she was in seven different areas uh, because of people complaining about her medical condition. Now, this young lady is about four foot nine and about 80 pounds. They had her assigned at one job where she had to work on the roof of the car. Obviously, that was the wrong place to put her, but our ergonomics rep, a medical placement rep, put her there. And when she called him back out, all he told her was, I'll pray for you. Uh, that does not work for me. It is not the response that individual should have received and not the response that the union rep should have given. Um, so we just have to help our brothers and sisters who are injured. We need to support them. Uh, their information is confidential. So when I was asked about somebody who got medical place in their area, I told them, it's none of my business. I'm not a doctor, and neither are they. So to make it a little bit shorter here, I have a letter I wrote a couple of years ago on our Facebook page. You can read what I wrote and get a feel for it. When I posted a couple of years ago on my Facebook page, I had a lot of coworkers like me for it because they had been in that position where they were harassed until they had to keep moving in different areas. But it's in all three contracts for the big three, I believe. Um, company hurts you. It's their responsibility to get you the right medical treatment and a job that you can do. So show some solidarity for once inside the plants and support these injured workers. Because they didn't ask to be hurt. Um, so we are we are basically known as um, what are we industrial athletes is what a couple of people have told me. And if you think about it, yeah, we, we get hurt probably more than some of the athletes in pro sports. So take it as it is, do some studying, and let's make the job safer for people. 
All right? That's the number one thing. But do not harass them, please. It's, they feel bad enough that they're working in the area, a new area, they don't know the people. Um, so let's just stop harassing the medical placement people and support them. That's all I got, Leroy. Um, it's sad that union reps um, yell and complain that they don't want medical people in their areas. That's not their what they were sworn in to do. They were there to help that individual, not to badmouth them or deny them a place to work. So, so I got Leroy. Okay, Jeff. Well, th- thank you for that report. I, I might want to add, uh, I, I think you and I talked about this uh, in, in as you developed your uh, report, that uh, the UAW Constitution is not silent on this matter, is it? No, it's Jeff. not. It's, um, no. Is I, go ahead. They, there's... The preamble there is supposed to have work for the safety and working conditions of all employees. That's mm-hmm. the big failure of the leadership. Um, so they are violating the Constitution, these reps who uh, do not work or support these injured workers. So right. they did, right. those yeah. people need to get the Constitution and read their responsibilities a little bit more. Right, I agree. I agree, uh, and the preamble sp- speaks to that because you know there's a lot of people out there that can take care of themselves pretty well, either by brown nosing their way around the management that they have to be answerable to, or they just one of the pretty people that go out there and and uh, you know glad hand everybody in the uh, in the area and they're, they're well thought of. For the most part, they don't need any uh, representation. They don't get in trouble all that much. But there are people out there that uh, are not able to fend for themselves. It doesn't mean they're smart or dumb or anything. They just are um, a little less able. And our union needs to remember the preamble that Jeff just referred to, that we look out for all our members, but especially the least among us, especially the least among us. So we we really need to remember that. The least among us would be the disabled, I would say. I'll also Mm -hmm. add to Jeff's report a little bit in addition to what he just brought up and I perfected just a tad, uh, that uh, um, Article 2, Section 2 of the United Auto Workers Constitution says to unite around, and then it lists all the protected classes, ethnicity, religion, gender, race, disability, sexual preference, 
all of the above. You're supposed to unite around them. I didn't list them all because I don't have it right in front of me, but that's off the top of my head. But it should be committed to top of conscious to each and every rep on every call they go out on and every resolution of a, a complaint or grievance to them that they have. This is very, very core the duties of a union officer. Lots of you like to go out there and glad hand everybody and just slap everybody on the back and, oh, it's popular to be mad at them disabled people. The true measure of a human being, especially a representative, is to do the right thing when nobody's looking and to do the right thing when sometimes it's unpopular. Y'all should take a class on that, really. And that's what Jeff brought to our attention tonight. When you can close your days out and look back and say, I didn't have to do the right thing when everybody was looking. I did it when they weren't looking as well. Kind of like that one young man down in Bedford, Indiana, officer of a local union, on his way to work. Nobody's watching, and the truck in front of him pulling a trailer full of wood went around the corner, and a lot of the wood fell off. The man stopped his vehicle, union officer, Vice President went over there. Nobody was looking. He had no idea somebody was behind him with a camera taking a picture, a video of him helping that man pick the wood up that he could not have picked up by himself, long pieces, heavy, and put it back on a trailer and secure it properly. So he did the right thing when nobody was looking to help that person. On his way to work, he did the right thing. And that's commendable. And that's what you need to look for when you select your union officers. Is this somebody that's doing it for the pleasure of serving the membership or is it doing it or are they doing it for power and control? And thank you, Jeff, for that report. It's a very important report this evening. Many people have been injured on the job, named in some cases, and it's become in vogue, in vogue to, be, to demean them, and it's simply wrong, and it is against the United Auto Workers' Constitution that you took an oath to uphold any officer in this union. So we should remember that. Having said that, David, do you have anything to add to that? Are you talking to me, Leroy? Yes, David, do you have anything, do you have anything to add to uh, Jeff's yeah. report about? A little bit. Um, okay. Um, Jeff did a nice, real, uh, a real nice job on that. 
Um, I've seen over the years Sam in similar situations that Jeff spoke of, harassment of the workers um, that are injured. They get placed by their restrictions on a job that they can do. And uh, I'm never, I've never been um, a believer in team build, um, the rotation of jobs. Um, that uh, is an issue um, when you bring a injured worker into a team. He can only do the job that his restrictions allow. So he's not he's not doing job rotation with the rest of the people. What these young workers don't understand is long before team build, you you didn't uh, rotate your job. You came into work every day and you did the same job every day. The job your seniority can hold, and that's the way it should be today, because. Um, job rotation has done nothing but make it far more easy for management to redistribute the elements of jobs and a lot of these injuries that workers sustain are from speed ups and that's how speed ups occur they slow the line down have a reduction and then they pull some workers out redistribute the elements around, and then they speed the line back up, and they don't want to add any more workers back in. When you teach when you teach these young kids to run, yeah, they're going to get hurt. So um just wanted to add that I'm not a believer in team build. I believe it contributes to injuries, and I also believe that... Uh, um, a lot of animosity that's shown towards the uh, injured workers and teams when they can't rotate is unfair. And we should go back to the system before where your seniority carries you to where you can work, and that's the job you do every day. That's all I got on that, Leroy. Thank you, David, for adding on to that uh, report that Jeff had. Uh, we do have a guest on the show this evening uh, among the callers that are in the switchboard uh, that would like to come on. I'd like to bring them on uh, as a few things to say, and uh, we'll uh, bring on Art, Brother Art Peterson from the board uh, and Local Union 600. Art, welcome to the show this evening. Thanks, Leroy. Hello, Jeff. Hello, David. How are you? Real good, Art. How are you? Good to hear from you. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. You know, it's uh, I, I know Leroy's been trying to keep the show up to date on on what's been going on with my uh, appeal, but I, I just wanted to come on and, and certainly for thank everybody that has sent in letters of support and 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 uh, you know it, it, it's it's certainly good to know that. I'm not alone. I also wanted to encourage those of you that are with the uh, Ford Motor Company, different locals in Ford Motor Company, to uh, to write in not just letters of support, but you know, letters of position where where they uh, you know they 
what happened at Local 600 affected every Ford local out there. So um, there's there's a lot to be said. So anyways, again, primarily, though, I, I wanted to thank everybody for their support. Okay, Art. Uh, I want to I want to add to that a little bit. I, I read the uh, rules at the Public Review Board. It says anybody can uh, make a position paper, and they have 15 days from last Saturday to do that. So you have effectively until next Sunday to get it postmarked. Uh, that's the 15th day. That would be the 4th of September. So if you want to make a position paper in support of Art's appeal. If you know a little bit about it, or if you want to know more about it, you can contact us on the show by email or in the Facebook page, Working for a Living, or if you know Art, just, you know, go tap him on the shoulder and be happy to tell you more about it. But uh, I think it's everybody, Art, uh, that can send in an, uh, a position paper, and they had uh, 15 days to do that. That expires next Sunday, as I recall. Uh, is, is that not correct, with the timeline? Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe you've got it correct, Leroy, and as well. Um, I, they they actually have an updated uh, appeal that that they <clears throat> the public review board sent the original uh, my original appeal to them back to the international uh, president for him to send it back to them, and in that time. In order to make sure I didn't violate their 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 timeliness uh, issues, I I sent a, another package into the president that, that's supposed to get forwarded to the public review board. So they they might actually end up with more time than than the next Sunday, but I believe they've got till next Sunday for sure. And again, in the past, they've they've ruled where one local's uh, what what transpires that one local isn't. Something that other people can can uh, can appeal from other locals, but I, I quite honestly I think both all the big three any any national agreement is is subject to that same language and it it, it needs to be corrected. So um, certainly certainly uh, there's a lot there to to address. Oh yeah, this is this is a constitutional matter with the UAW Constitution that needs to be corrected, and uh, you know, and you and I have talked about the things that need to be done to correct that, and we'll be sure and make sure that that uh, is in the the proper channel when it comes time for that. I assure you that that will occur, uh, and uh, there's a couple of things that you and I discussed, but it's true that you may not appeal something that happened at another local union. However, you uh, may support it at the public review board, so uh, PRB for short, because uh, so, it does say anybody, you know, on the, the rules. So, Well, well, well I know they, that's, that's Somewhere in, the, in 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 rulings in the past that one one local can't one local union member can't appeal what goes on in another local. When it comes Correct. to national Correct. agreements, where 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 the rules that I cast my ballot under 
directly affect the the the, the ballots around the country that of, of other locals. I believe that there should be a the, the right to appeal that kind of action. It, it if if somebody else's what, what's going on in somebody else's local is affecting me and my local. Even though they're they're separated, it, there there ought to be a, a means of of addressing that. And, and so, yeah, I I think in the past they've ruled otherwise, but um, I think that itself could is, is subject to appeal. So, anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, again, yeah, it, this the, issue is definitely bigger than just your local union. There's no question about it, Art. Um, and you know what? Thank you brother for coming forward with this uh, and trying to correct an injustice uh, and some things that have not been corrected for almost four decades or a little over four decades that they've been asked to correct in our constitution by the public review board. They've asked the uh, uh, international executive boards for nearly four or a little over four decades now. Uh, in 74? The process, yes. Yeah, I think that was the first one, 74, where they told them the process is not sufficient. Uh, and I think that's paraphrasing, but that's pretty much almost uh, the vernacular they use. So, uh, so yeah, well, thank you, Art. I know the listeners really appreciate you doing this, and, and you're seeing a lot of people come on and, and send in letters. There's a lot of other letters. Uh, you know, I, I sent one, and I wasn't on that distribution, nor have I received the letter back from the Public Review Board, but I did the same thing for another appeal that's before them now, and I didn't get anything back then either. So, uh, you know, who knows? They, they guess, I guess they got my number. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Art, and we'll be keeping everybody up, up to speed, and thanks for coming on to thank everybody who are supporting you. Uh, so, you have anything else to add, Art? Well, if if, if, there's, if there's any questions or comments that people want to make, that you know, feel free to forward anything that comes comes in, and I'll I'll try to address anybody that has questions or comments. Um, sure. Or, um, or if, are, are we, right. Absolutely. I can also. Um, I, I'd I'd also be happy to help with with any kind of. Um, any kind of correspondence that they people want to want want help with in, in regard to my appeal okay. or their own appeal. So, anyway, right, right, and uh, we'll get. Our, let me just remind the listeners: uh, the email here for the show is working for a living at workingforaliving.com. Now, neither one of the words have a G on the end of it, and the four is a number. So, working just like it sounds, working for a number, working for a living, just like it sounds, living with no G, working for a living at workingforaliving.com. And you get that uh, out to us, and it's on all the postings around on the Facebook pages, and I think you can see that on Stitcher. Certainly you can find that on the uh, the, the website, workingforaliving.com. You just search, that comes up number one in all the searches, searches now. So, um uh, I'll, let me ask uh, uh, David if he has any questions for you, Art, and then we'll ask Jeff no, no after questions. that. How's that? No, no questions. Um, just want to wish Art a uh, happy Labor Day, and uh, 
hope he has a great weekend. And uh, I am in support of him um, very much. Thank you much, Dave. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah. Jeff, do you do you have anything for for Art while he's here with us? Yeah. How you doing, Art? Um, Good, I Jeff. I got a phone thanks. call early last week from a friend wanting to know if there was a uh, lawsuit against the contract vote. And yeah, I told her, yep, exactly what's going on. I told her who the person was, where it was at, and what's being charged. So people in my plant are, are really starting to get the word out more more and more every week. Um, so you got a lot of support out there, brother. Don't don't give up. You got a lot more support than you think you do. Okay. Appreciate it, Jeff. Just just it for the record, like, it, it, it it it's not a, at the lawsuit stage yet. It, it's it's a it's an internal an internal appeal of the uh, of the actions that took place at the ratification vote. Um, but it you know. Litigation is 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 definitely still an option. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, if I might speak to that issue, Art, I know that you are of the mind, and as well as you know, I assisted you in in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, I I too am of the mind that we need to resolve our issues internally, and just because you. Uh, see that this is an issue that needs corrected and you want to be right because you're in the leadership of this great union, Uh, you need to just take a look and put your ego in check and let's do the right thing for the membership and do clean up this process uh, and do the right thing for the process uh, because this really shouldn't get out beyond the bounds of our internal process. And that's, I think that's Art's position. Uh, I know we've had some discussion on that, and I'm quite sure of that, and I'll ask him to affirm it here in a minute. But uh, nobody wants to see this go out into the court structure, and you have to exhaust all internal procedures before you can do that. Um, But we'd like to see the internal procedures get essential justice in this matter. After all, this is an issue that has been for four, over four decades been asked to be corrected by the Public Review Board. And now it's become a problem because it wasn't corrected and Art has brought that to their attention. So let's try and get essential justice for this inside our union. So and you know what you have to do in order to do that. And it might be a tough bullet to bite, but you're going to have to just do that leadership. You know, and I'll ask Art if he, he if he is of that mind that he'd like to keep it internal, you know, without going outside. I think that's right. Isn't that isn't that not correct, Art? That's that's correct, Leroy, and, and for all the listeners out there, I, I certainly don't want the the anti-union um, forces out there grabbing a hold of something that goes public. And, and, and saying this is why we're 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 trying to avoid this organization. Um, you know, they, there's still a lot of a, a lot of uh, 
a lot of organizations um goals out there in regards to some of the some of the uh um non union auto plants and stuff and all over you know it it I, I i i think that's all the more reason they need to clean this up so that so that they can that they can say honestly that there there isn't a problem with this process um but yes, certainly it's always better if we can keep it internal. Yes, thank you, Art. Uh, well, I don't have anything else. I think the fellows had uh, anything they had to say, and certainly commend you and and uh, thank you, and wish you all the best, Art, uh, from all of our team on air and off air. Uh, it's growing uh, quite a bit, as you know. Uh, so we we really appreciate. Uh, everything you're doing with this and thank you for coming on the show to to express your thanks to all of all those supporters and listeners that are out there for you so unless you have anything else we'll get on with the show art how's that uh again just thanks for all the support and keep up the good work with the show jeff and david you, you know the the reports and stuff that you guys are coming out with it, it's just some really good stuff so i want to thank you guys for for all that you're doing as well so Thank you, Art. I think Art. for all of us. It's yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Art. Yeah. We will do our best, and hopefully, we'll see some changes here real soon. There you go. Yeah. Thanks, Art. Yeah, we really appreciate your your kind comments. It is a lot of work we do this, and it's not just an hour show. There's a lot of other work that gets into this. I mean. You know, there's hours of perfecting each one of these reports, several hours, and then we we talk about it a little bit, and we put it in some orderly fashion and present it. So it's it's an awful lot of work. Uh, we're not complaining, but just know a lot of work goes into giving the listeners the information uh, that's current and some other things that are just educational for them. So thank you for your kind comment, Art. Uh, with that said, uh, I imagine you want to continue to listen, so I'll just put you in listen mode for now. If you have anything, just hit one, and we'll bring you back on. Thank you, Art. Thanks much. What a great guy this guy Art Peterson is. I'll tell you, he's he's really Agreed. done a, a, just a yeoman's job. And I, I'm going to tell you, he's got, I mean, weeks of writing into this, not just 40 hours. You know, I, I, I know this man spent a lot of midnight oil. You know, I've, I've had several middle of the night phone calls and he's free to call me anytime, day or night uh, with questions. And I'm going to tell you, and it's, it's an honor to have him call me, but it's also an honor to be just in his presence working with him a little bit. And, you know, of course, I disseminate that among our uh, uh, team here as that's appropriate to do. So you guys and, and the, the women are uh, updated as well. So uh, we we really appreciate Art for who and what he is and doing this. It takes a lot of courage and being brave in order to do this. So thanks thanks to him. Uh, having said that, let's um, let's move on uh, with the show. Uh, here we are. We got about 20 minutes left, uh, and that was a great, great uh, addition to the show. So you have an art come on. So 
Um, David, I know you're working on some uh, things for the, you know, it is the, the week, uh, the Sunday before the Labor Day weekend, and uh, I asked David to, to take a look at the, the future of labor and uh, what that is. And, uh, David, you want to start your report uh, on, on uh, that issue this evening, taking a look forward of uh, what's going on with labor? Yeah, Mark, um, I would. Um, um, as you know, in the latter part of the 20th century, automation and the introduction of machines and robots designed to make mass production more effective um, began taking over for human workers in the American factories. This automation and efficiency um, has cost the country as well in the terms of good-paying jobs. This automation um, is reaching outside of uh, the uh, factories, the auto workers. Um, it's going to start affecting agricultural workers as well um, with robots that will be taking over their jobs in the future. Um, um, they uh, intend to spread this um, across the fruited plains. Um, but we, um, our mass concentration of farm workers is in California for the last hundred years. Um, that's considered the salad bowl of the United States. Um, some of these new robots that are being designed, um, things that, um, the robots that we have today can't do. They're soft touch um, technology. So they don't damage fruit when fruit are picked from trees. Um, some things that have happened um, is the um, growers, um, in particular, I'm going to speak about apples. Um, they have learned to train trees, and what these trees do is um, they've been pruned, and um, they create a picking wall. Um, most of your produce grows on one side of the tree. The stems of the tree are small, and uh, the branches as well. So most of the nutrients and water go directly to the fruit, and uh, so most of your um, picking as a planier um, section of the tree. Naturally, a robot couldn't uh, reach all over in, um, in, a, in, a, in a normal tree. These trees are also trellised, so they don't fall over. Um, the, these robots um, also can see as well. Um, they have a vision system on them. Um, that uh, has a pan and tilt camera that's um, in stereo so that it can detect apples after it finds an apple. Controller um, gives the location and the arm then reaches for the fruit. Um, it has an under-articulated gripper at the end of the singular, with a singular motor at the end which grips the apple and rotates it about 90 degrees to detach it. 
normal robots will return to a home position. These robots don't. Um, they retract just a small amount, and that lets the apples go into a container. Um, so not only um, can these robots pick um, apples, that gripper on the end can be changed out to pick other types of delicate fruits, and as uh, and as well as these um, robots that pick apples, um, we're seeing the use of uh, um, drones, where a farmer can fly his drone out over the cornfield, see sections of his cornfield that are not doing as well because of uh, weed growth and uh, he can target those areas of his field um, that's good for the environment um, so they're they're doing those kind of things then uh, they also have another machine that can thin lettuce normally um, this uh, machine can do in an hour what 20 workers would normally do. Um, through the use of all of this technology, um, it will reduce the uh, farmers' overhead cost for harvesting by about 25%. Um, so that's pretty significant, and that'll grow in the future. And also robotics um, is going to be a problem in our futures as auto workers as well. In our industry, the global impact. Um, the United States has been in the midst of a manufacturing renaissance um, since 2010. American vehicle production has increased by an average of 15.86% annually, and manufacturers have taken note of that. When compared to 2010, the employment rate and the industry increased by an additional 21% in 2013. With that increase in the employment also came the increase in automation. The United States now ranks third globally in robot density. Um, the auto In the auto industry, um, with a density of 1,111 units, um, robot density is defined as the number of industrial robots in operation per 10,000 employees. In the automotive industry, additionally, 56% of all industrial robot orders in the North America were made by automotive manufacturers. And uh, that's going to increase in our future. And um, those issues will have to be addressed um, with the manufacturers because these robots, they don't pay taxes, they don't buy products, and they don't contribute to an economy. Um, so those are some food for thought for our future as we come up on Labor Day. Technology right behind us. So I'll hand that back to you, Leroy. Okay, thank you, David. Uh, I'll ask Jeff, do you have any comments on the, 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 as we near Labor Day and look to the future of labor? Do you have any comments, Jeff? Yeah, the future of labor is not very bright as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
robotics technology is taking away our jobs. So we have to find another way to get around this technology to create more jobs, if possible. So that's all I know. Um, my plant, when we started up, I worked in the body shop. We had 500 people just working in the body shop alone. And 10 years later, we only had 250 people. That's with installing new equipment in that 10-year span. So now I think we have 120 in the body shop. And more, more and more technology is coming in the plant every day. So just got to learn to fight back, people, somehow. Right. There's, there's a lot of, thank you, Jeff. Uh, there are a lot of issues with the onset of artificial intelligence on the horizon. Artificial, artificial intelligence can act on its own without any assistance from a human, whether it's a humanoid or one of these sensitive robots that David talked about back in the 70s when the Japanese first just started to develop robots, and they came from there, they had a plan to, to fund one full job for every two robots, one full paid person with benefits for every two robots. They knew eventually there would be some problem in the future where robots would take over but they still needed to have customers with money in their hand to go purchase products. You still need that all-important velocity of money in your society to be a healthy economy. We need to begin thinking about this. I'm not sure that the Japanese have the correct answer, but they have at least one answer. And I'm not sure that they even implemented it all that much, but that was part of the discussion in the 70s. Yours truly and our team really don't have a lot of answers to forward. But we stand prepared, ready, willing, and able to work with any government, non-government entity to begin to develop a solution for the time when artificial intelligence eventually takes over the workplace. One of the articles, I don't think David mentioned this, one of the articles he had in his research, because I see some of the research that's a, that, are, that gets done for the show in advance, was titled, I'm paraphrasing. Agricultural future for humans. Humans in agriculture in the agricultural future will be obsolete in ten years. That's their goal. Humans will no longer be needed in agricultural area in ten years. Now obviously they're still going to have to 
make these large equipments in the ag industry, and we represent, UAW represents the ag industry, Caterpillar, John Deere, and they're going to continue to make these. They're just going to be so high-tech that there literally won't be anybody running them, and they'll just put all of this in a box. It'll be put on a truck and sent to you via a truck driver, and all of the picking will be done and all of the planting will be done by a machine. Those days are coming as we look to the future of labor on this eve, weekend eve of next weekend Labor Day 2016. I have not seen any documentation come from the International UAW saying that they have any program in place or are working with anyone of any stature, government or non-government, think tank, etc., on how to deal with the end of work. It seems to be on the horizon. Again, we don't have all the answers here on this show. We discuss it so that others can begin to act on it. I pose the question to Congress members of the public that were running for Congress in the primary two years ago. No one had a really good answer. The one PhD economist had the best answer, but the real definitive answer is I don't know the answer but I stand ready willing and able to work with all interested parties to define the problem as Aristotle says a problem defined is a problem half solved define the problem define the problem and then move forward to get a full and complete answer that sustains the standard of living that we so enjoy in these great United States of America. That's what I have to add to David's report. Having said that, uh, let's move on to our our next issue. Uh, we got about five minutes. Uh, there's two more things we'd like to cover. Uh, let me just say that there were some posts made on Facebook about Appendix A and how it's been reported by some that it's been suspended, including uh, people have been told that by some, according reportedly been told by uh, plant uh, personnel that Appendix A has been suspended. I could find no memorandum of understanding that said Appendix A has been suspended. I would like to make sure that everybody understands the following about Appendix A. Appendix A had a change. Laid off entry level in seniority order was crossed out. So entry level folks who are on layoff are not eligible to be transferred to a plant 
another plane inside of this Appendix A. It is not all that different from what the area higher was in the past. You have an area higher that includes an expanded area, uh, uh, area that we used to have it at 60 miles. That's been expanded to around 100, depending on the area that you're in. It's well-defined in all cases what your area higher is. You need only ask your committee body what the area higher is. One of your reps should know. Uh, that's a local thing. And then you have the extended area higher that's effectively nationwide. So you would get money to move if you were picked up one of the other plants like that in the mo for the most part. But this is not much different. It's not been suspended. Now, having said that, there is a problem, but we'll get to that in just a second with what's going on. All right. I looked up a little bit about uh, what they had to say for it. And this is nine days ago, and UAW GM talks. And I should probably, I'll, because it's getting late in the show, let me paraphrase this. Um, you know, General Motors uses temporary workers for several reasons. They use the temporary workers to cover sick leave, FMLA, vacation, you know what they, they are. Okay, and uh, in the summer, that temporary volume increases. The duration and the number of temporary workers is approved by the national parties. There may be times when temporary workers will be utilized in a facility where there is an anticipated future change to schedule. In other words, for training, uh, I suppose, as opposed to transferring employees members only to experience a possible layoff. When a plant has need for permanent employees, plant management will submit a requisition for manpower that once approved by the company follows the Appendix A placement process. In other words, those folks in Appendix A that have application to go into their plant or without application from the area higher for anybody that's laid off. And there's a pecking order, you just need to look at Appendix A. Okay, there's a, I mean, the first ones are the laid off folk, and then the volunteers, uh, and it moves on down uh, accordingly. Just not, it's not any different from what it's been all these years. I was told, you know, I did a lot of research on this. I was told a lot of the reps don't understand it. I was told it's been suspended. I've been told it's not been suspended. I can't find an MOU. The only thing we have is this document from nine days ago from this GM UAW Fox. So there's more here. Uh, when there are no seniority members eligible to take a transfer to a new hire or temporary conversion will take place when there's no other seniority members eligible to transfer. A new hire or a temporary conversion will take place. There, is also, there are also times that a temporary conversion or new hire may take place, such as a backfill for a transfer or SAP attrition 
attrition and special man here's here's the key this is one of the keys special manpower agreements for specific plants location plays a big deal and a big role in appendix a you may have a local area special agreement for a local union I'm going to use the example that they had for Spring Hill, Tennessee in the 80s and 90s where they had a special agreement to bring in local people in, in a certain percentage. Okay, so those um, uh, are some of the conditions. Now they go on to say there's a, currently they have a high number of temps in the plants. Okay, and you're seeing some of these plants hire a lot of temporary. Uh, and they go on to say that so far in 2016, over 1,400 members have been relocated in accordance with Appendix A since each facility in unique, yes, yeah, since, yeah, since each facility in unique specific questions can be directed at the local union or their UAW placement department. So the, there is a list of those people that are eligible to get picked up that have seniority. There's been a list, you know, since forever. There's always been a list of people that, that are in the area higher or in the extended area higher and those with requests for voluntary movement. Now, here is something I'm going to add to this entire Process. You've heard how they they pick up the temporaries in their letter here, okay? But in the agreement that we were presented with, we accepted, and we await proper uh, administration. And those of you in the legal world know what I'm talking about. Some things have been changed on another radio show with one of the other co-hosts who verified by and through his shop committee the following appendix D not A appendix D as in dog had been suspended all right Appendix D, interpretation of paragraph 4 through 4C of paragraph 57. And that's the old 90 days, and you attain seniority. That's been in the contract, you know, again, forever. I mean, I hired in under paragraph, seniority under paragraph 57. So, um, and here it goes on to say, the rules for computating seniority of employees who acquire seniority by working 90 days within a six-month continuous months and computing the period specified in paragraph 4 through 4C. Okay. Now, those are some references to the other part of the agreement. But this has been suspended. And this says that if you get and it, it says how you get these 90 days is all this, uh, these paragraphs one through five uh, in this uh, appendix D. It tells you how to calculate 
the 90 days, within 180 days. And then you would automatically, under paragraph 57, ascend to seniority status. Okay, this has been suspended. So there's no automatic uh, ascension to seniority status once you get 90 within 180 days. The only way that you ascend to seniority status is what that other letter that I just read to you. And David posted that on our page some time ago this past week. So you can go and click on it. It's on our page. Appendix A, GM, UAW talks. You know, it's pretty comprehensive about how they're handling this. I can find no MOU or having talked to several members of executive boards around the country that said it's been suspended, Appendix A. But I have had in the past on another radio show confirmed that Appendix D has been suspended. And that's allowed them to hire these temporaries wholesalely in mass. And that's what's going on. And that's after the agreement was ratified properly or under question, Appendix D in the General Motors, and they all have this in, in some fashion. The Detroit three contracts are near, virtually the same. They just have different... Um, uh, coding on them, different appendix, be a different different one. That might be an, uh, uh, something completely different, but it says the same thing, virtually word for word. Appendix D is not not here. They're not they're not using it. Otherwise, these temporaries would all be permanent. But they have a very have <laughs> conflicting language in the agreement when one says. You got. You can't have a uh, an ascension unless all of the area higher and the extended area higher have been exhausted, notwithstanding the local guidelines for specific area. And then you have this other language that says they're supposed to move up in 90 days. Not if, once they attain 90 days within 180 days. So there's conflicting language in this agreement that you approved. By the way. Yours truly said, don't approve this. There's problems with it. Not just yours truly. One whole lot of folks mentioned that. Don't approve it. Facebook pages were full of facts about why not to approve this agreement. And this is one of them. Treatment of the temporaries, once they're in the temporary status, is yet another one and the retirees, and the list goes on and on and on about the problems with this agreement. There's this conflicting language in this agreement, and they are going with, you must exhaust the area and the expanded area hires before any ascension goes for the temporaries, and even notwithstanding that Appendix D does exist, they have suspended it, and that's allowed them to hire temporaries unmercifully, okay, and use them like slaves. It's horrible how they're being treated. So having said that, uh, David, do you have any questions on that issue? No, I don't. 
Okay, thank you. Jeff, you got any comment, questions? No, I don't. Okay, thank you. It's just horrible what's going on with this last contract. And we, we beg you not to approve it because it just was fraught with problems. And this is one that you're having to deal with. So that's that's the long and short of it. If you want to, you know, go over it yourself, you can, you can find it. Uh, having said that, there was one other thing we wanted to talk about. We've been carrying it over a couple of weeks, but we're at 8, 10. Right now, we try to keep this to an hour, and that's the issue of a third party. Uh, and it's probably, you know, a 20 or 30-minute discussion about the pros and cons. We do have a number of emails uh, dealing with it. But I'd like, with your permission, uh, listeners and the, the other co-hosts, uh, to carry that over until after Labor Day. Maybe it's appropriate that we don't upset the apple cart with the uh, third party going into Labor Day as they're all down there holding hands at uh, 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 the parade coming up. So there'd be a lot of politicians, et cetera, there. So how about if we carry that over again because we have gotten a little long? I'm good with it. Okay. I'm okay. Right. Okay. So let's, with that said, uh, let's uh, uh, wrap the show up a little bit. Uh, David, do you have anything to say at all on, on any issue that you choose to speak to tonight after this would close down? Is there anything you want to speak, say at all? Yeah. Um, UAW lost a member this week. Um, she was a 602 member. Her name was Kathy Bouchard. Um, she passed away in Tennessee at her home. Um, she worked for 652 in Lansing, and, uh, 602 in Lansing, excuse me. And then she found her way to transfer to um, Spring Hill, Tennessee, and worked for 1853. Um, she was a great lady. And, uh, she was 56 years old. And uh, so we lost her this week. So, okay, yes, our condolences go. Cer- our condolences cer- certainly go to her family and friends. Uh, sister here from Lansing. So, uh, anything else, David? No, that's it. Thank you. Okay, you bet, Jeff. I don't have anything. Really. Okay, I can't think of anything right now. I want to wish everybody a happy Labor Day as you go into next weekend. Drive safe, be safe, come home safe from your holiday, and enjoy our day on Monday the 5th. Um, Shout out to all of our friends around the nation. You know who you are this week. We'll just keep it a little short. Having said that, I'll just say thank you, David and Jeff, for all you do on behalf of the listeners and the membership of UAW and all other unions. When you research this, all of these labor issues, and special thanks go out to you this weekend eve of Labor Day weekend. So thank the two of you. And I'll, I'll say good night uh, to Jeff, Jeff and David. And uh, good night, fellas. Good night. Good night, guys. Stay safe, folks. Good night. All right.